the music listed in the songs. In the book, I mean. Oh, what what song? The Dancing in the Moonlight. Yeah. The Flying Burrito Brothers. Did yeah. you know of these people? Mm-hmm. Oh, and then Frank Turner was mm-hmm. listening to him. You were listening to all of it? Yeah, on the way to take Lily. Even with your disability? You know, I've been like interested in music recently. Oh, have you? I've been listening to Tracy Chapman Radio. Oh, have you um, tried to, you know, overcome your... I think I might, like, be taking a break from just all these intellectual podcasts. And the music is just really enjoyable. Mm -hmm. It was from when you... So are you um, listening to Tracy Chapman Radio on Pandora? On Spotify. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, I mean, some of it, I don't know how it's Tracy Chapman Radio, but it's okay. Just fast forward through that. Yeah. Or pick a Tracy Chapman song. Well, I already started our podcast. <laughs> so, yeah, I've been trying to get used to mm-hmm. that. Uh, Welcome to Romance with a Cocktail. I'm Peter. And I'm Ashley. And we're married. married. Okay. So, today, we're not discussing your um, newfound enjoyment of Tracy Chapman Radio on Spotify, but we're discussing Off the Map by Trish Dollar. Yes, I'm excited, and it's a rainy Saturday afternoon. It is. It's kind of a nice day to do a podcast. Yep. And then maybe we'll start finally watching The Diplomat today, because it's a good day to watch TV. Really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or maybe I'll just watch it. And what do we have today? It's I was like, thinking we could read poetry and look longingly into each other's eyes. Yeah, I mean, we did do that at one point in our life. Yeah. Maybe it's time to find that again. Yeah. Okay, so we have a hot drink that has... Whipped cream or something in it? Cream, yeah. Okay, I'll try it. Mm-hmm. It's interesting to me because I wouldn't have thought the book would have inspired a hot drink. You wouldn't think so, but let's see if you can name it. It's coffee, mm-hmm. and it must have liquor in it. Mm-hmm. But, I, I mean, it has whiskey? Yeah. Okay, is that all it is? Coffee with... It's called Irish coffee. Oh. <laughs> so what made you think Irish coffee today? Well, we had Irish whiskey, which was figured prominently yes. in the um, novel. And then, uh, so I looked up Irish cocktails, and I saw that there was Irish coffee. And I was like, well, this is afternoon, you know. It, it, obviously, I could not drink this in the <laughs> evening, or I'd be up all night. But, you know, it is 2 you o'clock like in the afternoon. I'll probably fall asleep by 10 p.m. Maybe. tonight, Maybe. if I'm lucky. Yeah. So... It, it you barely taste it. I know. I mean, I'm and not it's sure. It's interesting because I was expecting like a really whiskey forward drink today since whiskey was the thing in the Yeah, novel they just and, drank it. Like right, plain. they were just drinking whiskey. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. All right. So I'm excited to talk about the novel. I think I already shared young? that it made me cry. And so for like the last 20%, I was just off and on crying the whole time. And I know the kids were probably walking up to me. Mm-hmm. Because you were at the dog park wondering what was going on. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So, I mean, where do we want to start? Did it did it make you want to go on an adventure? I've gone on a lot of adventures. I think, you know, I've had a pretty adventurous up to after we got back from Senegal. And I yeah, think but even after then. that, we've moved around quite a bit. We moved from the D.C. area to Michigan to Florida. So... I mean, we've lived in a few places, even with our families. Um, my work's taken me abroad. 
That's true. Your work takes you places. But it mean, it's like that. But this is more of like adventure where you kind of ignore what society tells you you should do. Yeah. Well, that that ship sailed when we started having kids. I mean, we're not. (laughs) I know. This morning I was like, oh, I'd love to go on an adventure. And then I was like, oh, but we have kids. Remember, we we were thinking about like running an orphanage in Haiti. And then we were thinking about moving to Nicaragua. Like there were things, there were opportunities. But we never did those things. Well, we had too much sense. I mean, I don't think it's probably, it probably would have been a good idea. Maybe not, or maybe it would have been amazing. Who knows where it would have taken us? It's true. I just think that, you know, uh, where we ended up with our children is pretty good. And speaking of children. So, adventure? Yeah, I mean... Seems seems like we chose the right path for our children. They seem pretty probably. happy, well formed, and they pleasant. do good people. We like our children. They are they sign. are good kids. Yes, which is a good sign. They're you know, enjoyable to be around. Not everybody likes their own children. I know. We know but. that that's true. So, yep, I think we chose the right path by giving up those uh, adventures. That could have happened. Yeah, maybe. I mean, clearly this author loves adventure or the idea of adventure because she's the one who wrote that novel I told you about, Float Plan, where the woman, like her fiancé, commits suicide. And she goes out to sail because they had had a plan to sail the Caribbean. So she basically learns to sail Mm -hmm. um, and does it alone at first. And then she meets the Mm -hmm. um, guy who actually – that was um, Anna – and what was his name Keegan or yeah that was them they are the ones who were in the float plan uh, and so she does like this independent touring and realizes that that's what she wants to do and like they sail around and adventure together mm-hmm. and so then in this one obviously it's kind of the same yeah um didn't seem like from the acknowledgments in the author bio that she had done that not that way life. no not that way her son did. Yeah, that was interesting that she kind of like based the whole van, like the whole Jeep overland travel on mm-hmm. her son. Yeah. And her son's adventures. Mm-hmm. But she said she likes to travel. Mm-hmm. So she must have traveled and seen places and seen things. Right. But yeah, it didn't seem like this is the mm-hmm. kind of life she had. Although, right. who knows? Can't tell that much from the author bio. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. So, what'd you think? Uh, it was well written. You know, I enjoyed it. I thought that um, there was a lot of sex rapidly and repeatedly. It was interesting that you said that because you're right. It started very early compared to most novels. But then the second half, there was very little. Well, the last third, let's say. Okay, the last third, it totally changed. Right. And that really wasn't what it was about at all. Right. But yes, it did start off quickly in that direction. Mm -hmm. I thought it was well written. I really, actually, really liked it. Mm -hmm. And after you told me, ooh, it's steamier than the ones we've read before, I was like, oh no, what am I getting myself into reading this with you? But then by the end, I just loved it. I actually, I really like her. You don't want to read steamy stuff with me? I mean, maybe. It depends on how you react to it. Why wouldn't you want to read it? Because I think you judge me when we read steamy stuff. I judge you. Why do I judge you? Because, you know, I'm supposed to be, like, sweet and... 
This is very interesting. Let's talk more about this. <laughs> I don't know if we should talk more about this. <laughs> it's fear, you know, Puritan judgment. Shouldn't read steamy novels. I think you've made your peace with that long ago. You've read thousands of romance novels. Yeah, but I point. didn't. you didn't read them with me. And in fact, remember when I used to run and hide them from you so you wouldn't read aloud passages? Uh-huh. That was more how I approached it in the past. Uh, right. And now you're reading them with me? Well, that was the whole point of this. I know. Right. So why would you still, at this point, after I've it's started... It's hard to let go of a lifetime of conditioning. Mm. You know? So there's still shame? You're still ashamed? <laughs> no, I'm learning to not be. So you still are a little bit? Well, no, because when I read it, I was like, this is nothing. It's fine. It is. You got to enjoy some, right? So what would Do you, you say? Do you not want a steamy life? What was the most enjoyable steamy part? I mean, they were all pretty enjoyable. They were? Mm-hmm. Every single one? I mean, the best was when they were trying to get busy and because the sheep were blocking the road and then the farmer caught them in the back seat. Do you like that? And that was funny. But I really like how she writes. Like if you were going to write a romance novel, maybe you wouldn't include so much steaminess. But I you I could see like she had like a lot of interesting things cuz there were a lot of places, a lot of little little moments of description, music was really mm-hmm. like part of the novel. I could see those kind of details being something you would include if you ever wrote a romance novel. Hmm. Not that you're going to, but I'm just saying. Never know. Maybe right. one day. Maybe. We still haven't read a romance novel by a man. I know we need to do that, don't we? Well, at some point, have do you, who's your favorite male romance I novelist? Don't, you don't have one. No. Um there's an author Alexis Hall. Hmm. He writes though like male male romance. Mm-hmm. He's a pretty good writer. And you've read these? I've read a couple of them, yeah. And you enjoy them? Well, I mean, they're good. I mean, they're romance novels. I like any romance novel. And you just like the vivid descriptions of Well, men? he is not as vividly descriptive as Trish was in this novel. She was pretty descriptive. Right. Um. So... Very interesting. I'm I mean, learning about all sorts of stuff. You read for though. that. You read for the relationship and the connection and the home and the. You just that's what you read for, and so yeah, there are steamy scenes, mm-hmm. but I can read a romance novel with or without steamy scenes. Right, but most have steamy scenes. <laughs> most now, but I mean, in- I'm not sure we read one that didn't have a steamy scene. Um, we just read one that was like kind of closed door. I remember talking about it. Yeah, it was closed door, but it was the, the Nora. Oh yeah, she never shows much mm-hmm. at all. Well, the reef she did. Not that, not compared to these that we read. No, not compared to these. No. Mm-hmm. Um, so there were some steamy scenes, but there was also like a lot of sweetness and a lot of care mm-hmm. and... The people are really likable. So it wasn't to me it wasn't really about about the steamy mm-hmm. scenes. It was that's just part of their connection, their instant connection. This was definitely like an instant mm-hmm. connection. For someone so um affected by Puritan culture, you sure just give it up for these novels. So you're like, Oh, this is okay too. Yeah. I because mean, you, you won't share with me your feelings. 
you know, what about are you talking about about romance novels. Like I like you want to hide novels. it because of the Puritan cultures. But you I'm just said. I'm growing up and out of yet. That. Yet at the same time, you read novels like this where nobody seems affected by Puritan culture in this <laughs> novel. I mean, they're they they have what seems like a one night stand, and you said the one night stand is a trope. Well, there are novels that begin with a one night stand, but then and then like usually there's a reason that you have to end up together. Mm-hmm. Like maybe one of you is the boss, or one of you what is um, that's in like the in best too, friend you can't of another. Do that anymore, well, right? no, because the woman can be the boss. Doesn't matter. It's still totally inappropriate. There's well, a it is dynamic. totally inappropriate, but you didn't know before you had the one night stand. Oh, well, okay. That's what I mean. Like, so it's okay. a surprise that your life is going to be intertwined with this person uh, in whatever way, whether it's like your best friend's best friend or your best friend's fiance's brother or whatever kind of situation. I think we read one like that where didn't realize that they they had hooked up already, and then he walked in, and then it was like, oh no. Did we? I don't know if we have. I mean, I definitely have read them. We did read um, one that was like that. Okay. I'd have to look back. Um, But that is a common. Was it one of of the Indian ones? I don't think so. No. Could have sworn we read one that was like that. We might have, but it's not an uncommon thing. I think it was the one Indian, the weird one from Las Vegas, the Indian one in Las Vegas. Well, they they had already been together. That was what it was. That's it. Yeah. And then they ended up having to be stuck together to fight this, like, murderous plot or whatever. It's such a weird book. Yeah. It's fun. But this one, but I thought you might like that there was nothing, even though they were on a road trip together, it was all them choosing to be together. They, neither of them was like, oh, I have to be with you. And that's why I can't fight my feelings because we're forced to be together. No, this was like, we feel something, so oh, we're going to, like, like, go that, for yeah. it, and we're going to enjoy liked each other. <laughs> that it seemed like casual, easy sex, but then the author redeems it by showing that the casual, easy sex was a symptom of some deeper trauma that the protagonist had dealt with in her life. And but that's it- why she was sleeping around, because she didn't... She didn't want to have emotional connection because she had been brought up with all these right. reasons to not have long term. Yeah, but people could just have sex. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't a bad have to thing. be. But I don't like ones that are like that because I think well, there they're hasn't not. There has been any, romance novels aren't like that. Well, this is, um, first of all, that some of them are. Some of them they just have sex and it mean and it's meaningless. Hmm. I think that's the. That's the the conceit. But the whole thing is like finding meaning in this relationship that's the central relationship of the novel. I mean, that's what romance novels are like every time. There's like some meaning in the relationship that you Mm -hmm. find. So even if there is some casual. Right. You know, I mean, it's not like we didn't know he was going to be the love interest from the beginning because the first time she saw him, she made out with him. Did oh, you, you knew it at that point? Yeah. Oh, did you think maybe they it wouldn't be him? It would be some other random person? I thought probably, but I just, you know, I haven't read that many. I mean, you've read like 30. Yeah. That's a pretty good amount. Well, I, if I were a betting man, I would have bet on it, but I also was open to other things happening. Okay. Um, 
But it became clear after a little bit that they were going to be together. I mean, she instantly felt connected to him. Exactly. And he felt connected to her. Yeah. Because they fell in love fast in like four days. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Was that believable to you? Yeah, of course. Oh, it was? She's 33. So? When you're th- when you're in your thirties, it's time to start falling in love. I mean, what more is there? I mean, there's nothing mo- more. You slept around for a decade. It's your whole life ahead of you. You can do all kinds of things. You could, but like about- at that point, like unless you want to stay in a, in a in a lifetime of arrested development, like that's the next stage. Okay, and by your thirties. You either want that or you don't. I see what you're saying. Like, but she it's fine if you don't wanted. want if you don't want it. But you know there are going to be things you'll never experience, and and to me that seems sad. But you know, to each his own. Some people just don't want that. You know, in their life. I'm sure they can fill it with other things. Yeah. Right? So, you know, that seems real to me. Very realistic. Um, you know, you sort of have worked things out in your mind um at that point you're pretty grown up you know nobody's gonna say you're a kid i mean we got married when we were 25 i know we were still pretty much kids maggie our eight-year-old daughter told me we were so young what does she know i I know i was like what do you know maggie but she uh (laughs) she told me that as compared to Auntie M, who's getting married at 40-something? 40, 40. Is she 40? Mm-hmm. But she's not married yet. She may be 41 before. Probably 41. There's no rush. It's about the person. Mm-hmm. It's about what you want out of life. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I thought it was a good... I liked it. What did you think about the mo- the father-daughter relationship? It struck me as realistic. I see people. Yeah. I know people like that. Oh, you do? I was friends with people like that. You weren't. No. But I was. I liked it. And he was a Because I made teacher. a bunch of not such good friends when I moved to Mobile. You know, they were all troubled youth. Yeah, but I mean. Whereas your friends were pretty wholesome. They Mine, Your yes. friends came from mostly intact families. Yes. And mostly not acting out in adolescent angst. But it didn't. But my friends were constantly acting out in adolescent angst and came from all sorts yeah, of Yeah, but crazy he seemed, I mean, situation. I know he was like all apologetic saying he didn't do a good job, but like he did a lot of good things with his daughter. Like he did do a lot of good things with her and took care of her. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, no, it was a really good. I mean, it was trauma. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, it was. Your mom leaves when you're, what, eight, whatever she was? Yeah. And just doesn't have any contact. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's mm-hmm. major trauma, especially for a girl. I mean, it would be the same for a boy and his dad, you know? Well, I think any parent even. I think any parent, but I think it's especially hard for the same-sex parent. Maybe. Because, you know, you... I don't know. I think there it are might certain be rights, hard There are certain rites of passage, I think, that you would uh, go through... And uh, to have somebody who's been through those rites of passage as a female or yeah. as a male who's your archetype to, like, 
try to emulate gives you comfort, gives you – I mean, do you imagine getting your period and just not having a mother, having to deal with your dad? Like, that your kind dad, of stuff. your friends, the other people that you find in your life that help you through things. Well, I'm, I'm sure you can, but it, it definitely leaves a hole. And she she talks all about the trauma. She, like, sees it in the wedding. She's, like, breaking down during the wedding, right. crying because she realizes she's gone 20 years and tried to paper over all this yeah. feeling of absence from her mother right. leaving I mean, that's really, I totally say, you know, I talk about that all the time. I think that, you know, parent, absentee parenting, like parents who leave their children, I think the trauma is so profound that like, and, and even if it's just, you know, the best situation because of you couldn't get along and all sorts of things. I think it still leaves like lots of well, especially issues. when it's absence, like actual abandonment. Right. Yeah, I, I don't think there's much right. worse than that. We even think about we know people who've been adopted, for example, close people, family of ours, and they were raised by wonderful parents. It still is something that they have to grapple with. Yeah. Even like, why, you know, why didn't my birth parents want me? Yeah. What is going on here? I want to figure out what happened. And then they go on, you know, a lot of them go on sort of journeys to try to figure out what happened. Yeah. And sometimes those journeys don't end with a nice story. They end with a really traumatic story that's, then what do you do with it, you know? Yeah. So I like that. I mean... The beginning was a little bit Kerouac-esque, you know, on the road, uh, we'll just do whatever and, you know, society be damned. Oh, I know. Me and my, like, people-pleasing ways, I felt a lot of anxiety about how they weren't showing up for her best friend's (laughs) wedding. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is, like, so bad. (laughs) And, like, I get it. He needs to have an adventure. But I'm like, couldn't they just go and then do the adventure? Like, I... For me, like, I would never mm-hmm. – like, I would literally never dream of doing that. So then maybe I'm like him. Like, typically, I would never dream of, like, you know, not showing up no matter what else I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And I would feel so much stress that mm-hmm. it would not be enjoyable to me to do anything else. Yeah. So it was very hard for me to, like, be like, oh, yeah, just go off on another thing. Go, like, ride down the old abandoned railway when you're supposed to be off supporting – your brother and best friend getting married. Yeah. So that was stressful. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that part, I mean, I think it appeals to a certain type of person. And to me too, even to an extent, like really owning who you are and what you want to do. There, there was a lot of that thematically throughout like, yeah. hey, you need to have a discussion with your mom about who you really are, what you really care yeah, about. Absolutely. Because obviously you're like making you're not yourself happy. miserable. Yeah. Why would you do that? And I like that. I like that those ideas. Um, at the same time um, – as George Costanza often said, we're living in a society here. I mean, that this kind of lifestyle is not sustainable writ large. But man, like, you, you know, can't, you I- can't have everybody in society acting like this. I get it. You like to read about it in a novel. N- not if the society was full of people like that, it would fall apart. Is the point? That's a good 
point. However, <laughs> I'm like in all these, you know, I'm in this like families who love to travel Facebook group and they're mm-hmm. always going off. And there are lots of people who end up like working on the road and like take their children and they travel around. And- yeah, but we chose not to do that. We both had jobs where we could go anywhere we wanted in the world and we didn't go anywhere. Well, yeah, because our kids were already Because here we, we and- wanted to give them a sense of community. And you can't do that if you're bouncing around from place to place. I know. I, I know that can be good on some to some Well, extent, that did come but, in the novel. I mean, she did say that. Like, yes, she loved and valued all the travels with her dad. There are things that she missed that she still wished she could have had. Right. So that does still come into the novel even, I mean, that there are, like, things that you miss. And it's not all great. I mean, I, I moved three times and probably still ranks as one of the most traumatic experiences is to move from – Wisconsin to Alabama in 10th grade. Yet it was the start of your greatest love story. So, well, I mean. It's true, but it was out of very trauma. traumatic. Oh, I know. I mean, we were, Lily and I often talk about it. What? Well, we just talk about the idea of moving in high school. And, like, there's a guy who's not as nice as he could be. Um, and he's always, like, looking out for his brother. And then today that goes to their school. And it came out today that he had to move here right before his junior year of high school. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, Lily, give him a little bit of latitude. Um, that's really hard mm-hmm. <laughs> to do that. Right. Uh, and so then we talked From about where? it. Somewhere in Florida, but still. Yeah. Well, it's a little bit different moving from Wisconsin to Alabama. Let's just, on the scale of traumas, that mine is on a different different scale. We don't compare traumas. Different scale. You don't compare traumas. Just like we don't Each compare person. genocides, is that right? Right, that's exactly where that came from, but we don't compare. But <laughs> just saying, that's what she said at first. I was like, still, you want to walk into Naples in high school and try to figure yeah. out where you belong? Moving from Orlando to Naples is not as big of a trauma as Waukesha, Wisconsin, Mobile, Alabama. I'm just telling you, I, I am the one who's experienced the trauma, and I'm comparing and that's my prerogative. <laughs> yep, but I mean, you know what? You probably are a lot more interesting now because of your trauma. True. I am. You would have been just, I'm sure you were like the greatest kid ever. I was. Before, so probably good. like Hank. I would live the boringest life right now, <laughs> but I would be so much better person than I am right now too. <laughs> uh, that is true. <laughs> It's, you know, it's uh, a balance. It's junior year of high school. I read Voltaire's um, Parable of the Good Brahmin. Mm-hmm. Have I talked to you about this Mm-mm. before? I'm sure I have. But well, I think I I'll maybe remember you. this, but that would have been like 20 years ago. So, And ever since then, it's been a way that I've like thought about my life. Finally, Dr. Day. A high school teacher gave me a way to think about my life and the trauma I'd gone through. And the the idea is that, um, I don't know, a Brahmin, I guess in India. Well, Are Brahmins have, yeah, in India? Yeah, it had to have been. I don't know. Um, idea was, you know, he's looking on the untouchable, the, the serfs of, the, yeah. of his country. And he's like, you know, they're idiots. But they're happy idiots. And I, you know, on the other hand, have learned so much about the world. I'm unhappy. 
Mm-hmm. You know, the more mm-hmm. knowledge, the more the more your mind expands, the maybe maybe the more unhappy you could be potentially. Yeah, right. I yep. think it's probably true. I don't know if that's a maxim or just my experience, but it's my dad used to say something like that. Like he would say, like these people who always knew what they wanted to do. And it was like they knew, and it was like a simple life that they had. Like I always wanted and, to become a cop. Man, I became a cop. Ex- that was what he used, right? Like cops or fire. Like you knew you wanted to be a fireman, and you just did it, and you like had a life, and you were a fireman for thirty years, and then you retired, and you were done. He's like that. Like that might be an easier life. Not that being a fireman is easy, but like this like, same idea of your, that you're talking about. The like thing that, that's about simple. firemen is that you die of cancer. Well, that's, I, that's why I didn't really want to call them out, but he used it as this example of knowing, yeah. keeping focused on it, and not looking out to right. all these other things. And that's or kind maybe of the same like idea. a doctor. Like you knew you wanted to be a doctor. You studied hard. You became a doctor. You worked for right. 40 years as a doctor, and then you retire. Yeah, I, I think that that's true. And you don't really go outside your circle or your community. Exactly. You never leave your you're state. You're always in, that was... in that community. So anyway, the, the story of the the Brahmin is, you know, that. But then he comes to the conclusion that, you know, he's, I think he's having a discussion. I don't really remember it that well. Um, you know, either he asks himself or somebody asks him, well, would you trade the knowledge you had for happiness. Mm. Like, would you trade your life where you've right. had expanded your horizons and seen great suffering and suffered existential crises and whatever else happens when you learn things? Um, would you trade that for a happy life of a simpleton? And he concludes, no, of course not. And no one would. In fact, the simpleton... Nobody who's simple wants to be simple, right? Right. Um, And so it's sort of a paradox. Like you're going to be unhappier because you're going to learn more and you're going to see more suffering if you expand your horizons. Um, Some of your bedrock assumptions about who you are, your culture, your community – yourself are challenged when you expand your horizons like you know something that you think is very core to who you are you realize oh that was just the way i was raised Mm -hmm. you know and then then it's like taking a piece of yourself away and sort of saying that's not a thing that's you that's just something that Mm -hmm. that happened to you by happenstance and that can be traumatic you know those types of things and so I think that's, you know, sort of what, I think that's the sort of paradox that most human beings who want to travel have to contend with. Like, your horizons are going to be expanded, but you're going to be challenged. Yeah. Emotionally, probably. Yeah. Although it seemed like in the book, they didn't really... Like traveling was like, was it really? I guess it was. It was. She finally came. She finally came to her conclusion that, like, she was not letting. She was not processing some things in her life. Well, and even him, you could see that, like, keeping himself in this box meant he didn't have to deal with 
Well, he said it explicitly. He said he explicitly like, he was like when he, because he's suffering for dementia, which is a really sad, terrible no. thing. But like that was kind of redeemed it in a way, um, the story, because then it was like when I thought it was going to be Kerouac-esque. And the just, whole time? Just an Epicurean odyssey, you know, through Ireland. I was like, ugh, who wants to read this? But then it redeemed itself because it was like, well, there are reasons for this, and th- and it's actually significant, and we're going to find the meaning behind it. I don't think on the road, Kerouac ever redeems his his lifestyle. He, he never says this is for a deeper meaning. It just sort of says this is the meaning in itself, in and of mm-hmm. itself, and that d- leads to nowhere. Obviously, I mean, I don't think it leads anywhere. Mm-hmm. Just taking a road to like. You know, earthly pleasure is not, is not going to lead to redemption. No, I mean, no. And that's what that's what the travel lifestyle is. That's what she was. You know, but that's she what she wants to talk to Eamon to about. Travel. How do you pronounce his name, Eamon? We should have looked it Eamon? up because I bet it's not what we think. Because you know, Irish names are never pronounced the way you think they're pronounced. We should have looked it up. Ian, maybe. It's E A M O N, right? Yeah. Um, but like, it's not like she rejects the travel lifestyle. Amon. Amon. It's not like she rejects the travel lifestyle, Peter, or like thinks she needs to settle down and stay in one place. Amon. Um. Not like she rejects the travel lifestyle, right? What do you mean? It she doesn't in the end in the novel. It's not like she says, "Oh no, travel is like." Well, traveling. then it becomes a travel with a partner to build a life together, right? And that's different to you. Uh, obviously, it's way different than what she was doing in the first place. Well, that's what I wanted to ask. Going I from to place see, to place, right. sleeping around like that's going to lead to unhappiness eventually, right? Eventually, because you won't. don't have anything like. Right. When you're young, you you. can have fun, you can party, but eventually, you know, those things lose their meaning. I mean, for most of us, they lose their meaning sometime during college. You party for a few years and then you're like, yeah, Yeah. I'm not going to do this for 20 more years. I mean, some people do. The rock and rollers, you know, if you're in a rock and roll band, Mm -hmm. I guess you do it for forever, but those end up in overdose death. I mean, that doesn't, doesn't lead to anything good usually. Usually it doesn't. I mean... Those are the people that are interesting, the ones who, like, got addicted to drugs and, you know, had 20 years of partying under their belts and then, like, got sober and were like, oh, my gosh, I had yeah. a crazy life. But, yeah, there's there's nothing down that road. You know, those are kind of mm-hmm. – they're lucky that they didn't die, a lot of those guys, you know. Yeah, that's true. Um, or gals. It's true, too. It can be both. Uh-huh. Um, I don't really like the word gal, but okay. What do you, what was lady? Women. The ladies? The women. The females? Just try women. The females? Um, or we could just say any person. Any person. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, did you think it was romantic, the book? Um... Hmm... Well, obviously not that romantic because uh, I'm not immediately saying yes. Um, 
I thought it was sexy because they're doing it all over the place and really attracted to each other and are creative in their lovemaking, obviously. I mean, they weren't that creative. But they were very enthusiastic about their lovemaking. <laughs> why, why, uh, why don't you elaborate on that? Well, we've read everything that we read has happened in other novels that we've read. It has? Maybe not as descriptively as it happened in this book, but... Oh, okay. I don't know. Has everything happened? Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Um, okay, well then, what, what did what do you like then? What was the steamiest scene for you, if you can't think of a romantic scene? Um, steamiest scene... Um, I I guess maybe their first night together is probably the steamiest because they didn't really know each other. After that, it's sort of like whatever, whatever happens is is sort of an incremental, just another layer of steaminess. Yeah. Whereas that was like. They didn't really know each other, and she was all smelly, and he didn't care, you know, because <laughs> she had traveled, whatever, Yeah, but then she hours. went and took a shower, so. Yeah, but, I mean, that was, I think that was the best. And the fact that they, like, moved, they instantly felt a connection, you know, from yeah. that. I mean, obviously, I've never had experience like that. I've never jumped into bed with somebody after and like like that night you mean right after, after like an them? hour in the pub yes no i didn't <laughs> ever do anything like that yeah well me neither so oh, okay <laughs> good well so then what was the most romantic moment i guess um i guess him like coming back i guess to like yeah i mean here in fort lauderdale like not showing caring. up at her dad's funeral and not holding anything that she did before. I like against her and just being willing to travel to see her mm-hmm. even when she didn't ask. That was the best moment for me. Yeah. Cause that's like, I mean, that's like obviously very big, but that idea that like, I'm just going to be there because I want to be there with her and I'm not going to make, like it doesn't have to be a thing. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just going to show up. Yeah. Cause I know that she, she wants me there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was romantic. Yeah. So there wasn't much romance because she, like, let her cards be known on the first night. So it was kind of like, well. Well, it's not like that can't be romantic. He was really into kissing. That was kind of romantic. That's true. He kept on saying, look at me. Look at me. <laughs> no, that's not what I was saying. I like that. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, and, like, he, like, climbed into bed and they just kissed because they were in, like, the old people's, like, farmhouse loft. Yeah, that was nice. And she even asked him at some point, like, why do you always, why are you so into kissing or something? And what did he say? He was like, "This it can, it can be the thing, haven't you ever? And she was like, no, like, never, you know, just kissing yeah. as its own thing because mm-hmm. that's the same trope as very common – Kissing is much more vulnerable, even than, you know, getting busy. Because kissing is like an interaction between two people that is, I mean, that's in Pretty Woman. She doesn't kiss on the mouth. 
Yeah, it's like Michael Vick. Okay, yes, but Michael Vick yeah, we've doesn't talked about kiss, this. He just f's. Well, and there are people that's like in romance novels. Yeah. So, I wonder if Michael Vick kisses now. Now that he's know, gotten maybe, through the dog fighting, and maybe maybe he's decided he's that it's worth it. Yeah, maybe he has. Bit. I don't know, but um. Here's some quotes. Oh, wait. Before we get to quotes, you said that one thing made you cry. What made you cry? Or no, it didn't make you cry, it made but, me there cry was one but there was one But there was one touching part. I've got it highlighted. Um, I assume it has to be in the last third. It's probably the, one of the last things I highlighted. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, so... He, uh, spoiler alert, turn this down if you don't want to. We should find out if anybody's listening to this. How do we find out? Just ask people, like, we're far enough. It's 40 minutes into the podcast. If you are not our family, you should send us an email. Because yeah, comment, I have, say something. I don't even know how you do that, but if you like are it, listening, However you're say getting something. it, go to our website. It's romance. With a cocktail. Is that what com. it is? Is there, are you sure? No, it's not that. Romance Never cocktail. mind. Romancecocktail.com. Romancecocktail.com. And send it and drop us a line. All right. So, um, so it's after the dad dies. Yeah. And she's on the phone with Anna. And then she goes, if there's any consolation, it's that he died still remembering me. I was like, oh. Yeah, that's what I wondered if that, I that, mean. like. <laughs> Hit me. I was like, <laughs> was, I, I like started thinking. I need to come up with a suicide plan. If I start losing my mind, no, I will not, you're not... forget my children. Yeah, that, but that'd be the worst. No, I mean that's the worst. And then like, what's left of you? Nothing. It's, you're like a ghost of yourself, and those are the last memories that the, your children have of you. Oh no! But it's for your children to take care of oh, you. You go jump off a bridge. Or I something. will be taking care of you. Maybe, maybe, or maybe I become like crazy and yeah. emotionally unstable and dangerous to be and around. And it can happen. And that happens. It does. Oh, here's the deal. I won't kill myself. How about you just lock me away somewhere? Oh, like geez. this guy. Just like send me to Siberia. I'm sure. Siberia? Well, nobody will visit me there. That way We're I don't. We're not locking you away in that Siberia. That way nobody, that way nobody will. Please. I got no memories anyway. Every day will be a new day. I won't know what's going on. Yeah, but your memories come back sometime. Like you remember. No, no, no. One, like if I'm still remembering stuff, that's one thing. But if I'm like a totally different person, forget it. Just toss me. <laughs> We're never going to toss you. Toss me aside. Well, I don't want you to toss me aside. You're not in danger. Uh, you're like no, going to be no danger to me. I mean, who knows what I could be like? No, you're five feet tall. Well, anyway, you can't even open a jar without my help. Excuse you, I open plenty of jars. <laughs> Thank you very much. I'm not in danger of you hurting me. I could hurt you though. These when you yeah, lose your at mind, at that point you'll be old and. Probably be skinny and so will you. Yeah, but you'll be still. tiny. Think you... about Granny. She was like four foot ten by the time she was she so died. little. Luckily, it doesn't run in my family. 
But yeah, that's mine either, just the actually, worst. But, but you never know. That's what the notebook People was, live right? longer. I know I was actually thinking maybe we'll read that next. We already know it. Who wants to But you've it? never read the book. Maybe. Well, we'll think about it. I still have a few mm. minutes before I make my choice. Yeah. Um, so that was the one part. Um, let's see. Anna has been my best friend since our very first shift together at the bar. Maybe it's because we'd grown up in single-parent homes, or because neither of us knew how it felt to be born with silver spoons in our mouths, or because working in tits in a tits-and-ass restaurant was a deliberate career choice and not a layover <laughs> on our way to a real job. Most people don't get closer than arm's length with me, so maybe that's the real reason we're friends, is that neither of us expects more than the other is able to give. I thought that was good. It's mm-hmm. interesting. Like, oh, that really sets it up. And that's in chapter one. So you sort of like mm-hmm. get a real sense of who she is, you know. And that was showing, not telling, you know. Yeah. It was a little bit of telling, but it was like but really like talking in, uh, about the relationship yeah. in that sense. She did a lot. She did a lot of like plot and then there was like a little flashbacks that's what I, And her timing was good. It was like a lot of, it wasn't too much. It wasn't too that's little. That's what I said in the Like that's what I like. There would just be these little moments. Of- mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Oh, uh, instead I reached for a different wallet, opened it to reveal a $20 bill and a debit card. Remember oh, I had the like, three-tier oh, system? Oh, that's like me. <laughs> <laughs> Drop wallet, <laughs> money belt, something in my shoe, you know, who knows. You had the drop wallet, the money belt, and the, like, neck The thing. lanyard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it... Whoever wrote this, like she knows, like you're supposed to throw that drop wallet because they go always for the money. And then so that jump. you can get away. Yeah. Uh, that's always, that's what they care about most. If you throw whatever you have. You have a second. You've got a second because like you, they, you know, the, the main thing is even if somebody directs you with the force of a gun to go to another go. place, you I know, never go to the next The goal is place. not to like, go, yeah. Wherever you are, you don't go with that person. And whatever you can do, you try to get away because- yeah, once they're going to take you yeah. away. They're just going to kill you, probably. Took a dark turn. There's almost always a singular moment when I know I'm going to sleep with someone. This is it. And the almost imperceptible lift at the corner of his mouth makes me think we've reached the same conclusion. Did you feel that way? Isn't that how I feel like every day? There's a moment when I know with you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that what you think? Mm-hmm. Every day? Well, I don't every day. I don't think it's every day, baby. <laughs> I wish it was every day. Maybe. Like you said, we chose If this it's busy a good look. week, it's a twice a week. <laughs> no, stop. <laughs> a good week is not twice a week is standard. <laughs> I don't know about that. Pretty standard. There are bad weeks, but <laughs> standard weeks. Okay. Good weeks has to be more than two. Oh, is that right? Mm-hmm. Okay. You heard that, America. (laughs) Um, Keen has literally traveled around the entire world. You've listened to nearly 400 national... You've visited nearly 400 national parks in America. What did I say his name was? Eamon? Eamon. Eamon says... And what have I done? Spent most of my adult life making maps of places where other people go. 
little on the nose. I don't know. I like that. Was that. A, oh, he was, a was map, underlined by but I like that 11 he, highlighters. That line, whatever. But I like that he's a map maker who doesn't go anywhere. I, I don't know. A little on the nose. I don't know. I don't mind it. I like a little yeah. on the nose. A little coincidence. A little. The Fellowship so of the cool. Ring out loud. Tolkien. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, well, it's not that far off. I mean, you did read all of the Chronicles of Narnia allowed yeah. to our kids. so And all of Harry Potter allowed to our kids. Yeah. Chronicles of Narnia made me cry. <laughs> well, when when the lion, like, sacrifices himself. Oh, that, that got you. Yeah. Be warned, I say. If your answer is Lolita, Atlas Shrugged, or anything by Jonathan Franzen. Well, that, that was bold. Anything by Jonathan Franzen? He's like still popular, isn't he? Well, I don't know what he writes. Isn't he but yeah, the corrections I mean, author? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Didn't he write the corrections? That was that was like in our lifetime that was popular. Oh, in know? our adult lifetime, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, I think it came out not too long ago. Um That's bold for her to just trash Jonathan Franzen. I mean two thousand one. Yeah, he won the National Book Award for it. I know. <laughs> I mean, it, it was. I, I agree with her, and actually, she mentioned Flannery O'Connor, which I highly. I wondered on. if you would like that and at was, the end, as yeah, she's as the woman's. Although herself. I don't like that she said her for answer. If your answer is Lolita, because Nabokov is um, a master. I mean, but he. She didn't say him. She just said Lolita. Okay, so that that's maybe true. Makes if it, anybody says Lolita, you gotta like be like, what the? I hell mean, you gotta at least question them if you're about to. Right. If you're about to like be intimate, and they say their favorite novel, yeah. is Lolita. Do you really think that's a good what choice? Does it say that my mother so much loved Atlas Shrugged. I think about that now because it's a favorite of all these libertarians I know. that I'm friends with, and I'm like, what the hell? My mom was like twenty. And loved it. Really? What does that even mean? I don't know. Maybe we should have her on and talk about it with her. She's like so aggressive. You know, I think that's just part of her. She just likes this like idea that you just can make something of yourself by pulling yourself up by the bootstraps. But that is crazy. That that I think that was her favorite book when she was really yeah. She's not a libertarian at all. No. Not even not close. At all. Not, not even at all. close. I might even be more. I mean, she's sort of ways. like a centrist politically. Yeah, with a conservative bent. In now. some ways, although now she's, conservative, maybe in the past more democrat bent, but Well, conservative bent, but then like not modern conservatives. Oh no, well not like today. Right, she hates all of them. So, yeah. who knows. And she's Plenty liberal on a lot of social matters, so who knows? Um, too many to name just one, but I've read everything by Anthony Bourdain, and my weakness is Regency romance. Is Regency romance like royal romance? Is that what Regency It's like means? the historicals that we read, like the Lisa Kleypas, yeah. Sarah McLean. Regency yeah. romance. So they don't have to be royal, but they're like England. English what do you think romance. about that? I mean, she threw it in there as like getting a little a nod to romance and writers, mm-hmm. and it's like she doesn't seem like someone who would like romance, you know, mm-hmm. as a character, but she does. Amen. Cox's head. Bourdain makes absolute sense, but I would never have guessed regency right. romance. You're not going to throw me out off the rover, are you? 
He scrunches up his nose as if deliberating, then flashing a grin. If we were still upright on the trail, I might throw you back and have my way with you. But since we're not, did you know that I played hurling in school? (laughs) Did it make you want to go to Ireland? Because I know you've been talking about that for a few years. You want to go to a pub and have a Guinness? I do like Guinness. And then drive through the countryside. Maybe. Yeah, I think it would be fun with kids. Don't yeah. you think that would be I've fun? I've heard it's a great place with kids. I've heard right, Ireland Like, you just go around and kids. go to, yeah, they're Catholic. They probably. Lots of kids. I mean, if only you would have let us have one more child. Okay, we have we three. We could be honorary Catholics. We have three wonderful children. It's true. As you always said, why push our luck? Who's calling? Our child. Which Lily. child? What is she doing? I don't know. I just took her to a friend's house, and now she's already calling me. Oh. So I told her we're doing the podcast. Probably wants a ride. Probably, so. The questions from last night resurface when he's gone. I've traveled many places and met plenty of good-looking men, so I can't pinpoint why Eamon is the one who feels at once like a safe cradle of my hammock and the wide expanse of the universe. Ugh. So is that what romantic. I feel like? Safe, but But everything, expansive. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's true, kind of. Like, mm-hmm. makes sense. Like, you can do more and see more and know, but at the same time, it's that safe place. Mm-hmm. It's an anchor. An anchor, yeah. Women want security, men want... Good looks. That's what I always told my friend. Who did My you... young friend who's still oh in the dating gosh. scene. It's true. If if women were honest about how they rank men, it's obvious women don't care much about their looks, men's looks. Well, men care about looks. It's just they, not... they care, but it's not one of the top. Yeah. You would say stability and, like, security is number one for women. Mm, I don't know. I think, like, someone that sees you, unless you be who you are, is number one. And then maybe security. And then looks. Looks is three? Well, maybe no. maybe muscles is three. No. <laughs> what? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> it's probably time to stop resenting your brother and for being brave enough to have, being brave enough to have the life he wants, I say. You should talk to your mom about how you want to own your own life to look, even if it's not what she wants for you. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that's pretty. I know. I fear my bones have melted into jelly, he says with a small laugh. So if you'd like to show my appreciation, you're going to need to come sit on my face. Do you, you like that you part? you read that out loud. Do you like that part? Mm-hmm. You did? Well, I don't was want it, us to go into any more steamy? detail. We're, all, we're like, this is a public conversation. It was steamy, wasn't you, it? I mean, did you like it? Was it that was your favorite? Scene. What was your favorite steamy scene? I already told you where they got interrupted by the sheep herder. <laughs> but that, that wasn't very steamy. They didn't show anything, did they? No. Okay. This was a pretty steamy scene, though. Yeah. Jesus, Jesus, Amen sits up. 
you can pretend you don't feel it, but I know you do. Why are you like this? (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Mm -hmm. My breath catches in my chest as I realize that Eamon and I are exactly alike, keeping our feelings bottled up, following the rules that other people made for us. It's no wonder we pull towards each other like magnets. Too self-aware. You know, I don't like too much self-awareness. Like some, like summarizing self-awareness. Nah. Nah, it's okay though. She's just is spending a lot of time alone. She probably has a lot of thoughts, you know, like this character because she's not, she's by herself a lot. Yeah. Because we humans like keeping tangible reminders of intangible moments, Anna says. And I think it's good to have some keepsake, but it's important to know which of them are emotional anchors. Those you can let go. I didn't really get that, but it was highlighted 25 times. (laughs) It's because her novel is her holding on to all of the things from her dead fiancé. So they're like anchors dragging you down versus Dead fiancé. Anna. Her fiancé died before this novel started. Uh Uh-huh. And what? And so she had all this stuff of his and it was like his boat and all everything was his. Okay. And she went out to do his plan for sailing. And it was like those were anchors dragging you down, not anchors like rooting you. So it's like there are these things that drag you, like hold you under, and you can't keep moving. Okay, that's which. Yeah, you. I had to read it a couple times actually. Yeah. What does that mean? But for her, those were bad, Hmm. and so you. She has this whole thing where she goes to an island and she like burns it. Yeah. Begins to move on a little bit. Yeah. Um. Do you believe that's true? I think probably. I mean, I haven't had a lot of emotional traumas. No. But I think that there are things that can keep you from doing what you, what is best or what you want to move on, and you have to, like, make a decision about that. I mean, mm-hmm. it makes sense to me that there are those things that do that. And you need to try to keep them from weighing you down. Yeah. I tilt my head, why don't you just fix the food? Because customers don't come here for the quality, Craig says. They come here for the tits. I hate this place. <laughs> and yet you keep coming back every season. The tips are great. Craig shugs, shrugs, tits. Later, <laughs> during dinner break, I'm seated on an overturned milk crate beside the kitchen door when one of the line cooks, Miguel, comes out. You know, I I gotta find who that short story writer is. This is the second. This whole like I like it. I like it when it's just like I love these like snapshots into what feels like real. Yeah, like it's one thing to have like Nora Roberts talk about like glamorous treasure hunters like bouncing around the Caribbean, but like working in this Fort Lauderdale like pirate. I love it when you take really ordinary or almost like you know, bordering on tacky or profane things Mm -hmm. and, like, turn them into transcendent experiences. Like, that's one thing that I did in my novel with the the novella, Mm -hmm. with uh, Pedro Alescamoso. It's such a ridiculous, stupid novella. Right. But there's, like, some depth to it if you if you want to make it it, if you want to make it you can take from it and that's like what i feel like really great writers do they take like the the ordinary stuff that's even like 
tacky or like just stuff that you've seen every day and you're like, that's so stupid. Why is that a thing in our mm-hmm. life? And then they turn it into a transcendent experience and you're like, maybe I don't notice enough to realize that that can be significant, you mm-hmm. know? And that's what good writers make you think there's going to be a magic even in the most ridiculous mundane things mm-hmm. in our life. Like there's yeah, a, absolutely. there's still a little bit of magic in there. And that's like what she does. She like, I actually love this little, that lo- really I enjoyed that little exchange. Like Me that, too. But that's what I mean. There are these little moments where it's like, this is, I don't know, smarter or there's something well, additional to it, it that I, I mean, really enjoy. How many romance writers in, like, when was this written? This, this year. Is this is brand Me new. Too, right? Yeah. How many romance writers in post Me Too are writing about tits places and trying to make them sound like, Good places to well, be. Well, both horrible and good. Like but, both horrible and a good but place like to a be. Family, right, but like a family. Right. That's what I mean. Like, but it's like and, it's and both. like everybody everybody has agency. As long as everybody has agency, right. nobody's being exploited. Yeah, exactly. Then it's fine. Yeah. You know, which I mean, you know, there are a lot of people who would say, Well, you know, deep down the people don't actually know what they're giving up by like showing off their tits for good tips. But I think they're well. Here, perfectly, she certainly does. I mean, they're perfectly yeah, aware of it. You know, yeah. Um, and I imagine a lot of people know exactly what they're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, even in these less than glamorous uh, positions. So maybe I'll go on a search and find out who that short story writer was. Yeah, you should. You should see if you she can or find he's it. She's written anything since then. corners of his mouth turn up the barest hints of a smile he reaches behind him his gaze holding mine and opens the bedroom door we will never be finished yeah What's that? Oh, oh, so that? romantic We've hiked, camped, fished, followed dozens of off-road trails. We've also learned to balance travel and work. I'm in stops where the Wi-Fi is strong for video conferences with his team back in Ireland. In between Fort Lauderdale and Tierra del Fuego, I've learned how to do calculus, read all of Flannery O'Connor's work, and use real-world practice. And I was like, ah, nice. I I definitely was like, oh, yay. This is like a line for Peter right there. I mean, the, the author has to has to love Flannery O'Connor to throw that in there, right? Like, I mean, that's the thing, yeah. like to have that like, specifically. Good. And apparently, my mom says um, Flannery O'Connor is like out of vogue. Oh, people question: Is she like racist? Is she? That's true, but apparently, it's because they identify her as a religious writer. I have Which heard that. I know. Me. It doesn't. I mean, she is. Right. I know, right? She was deeply and, religious. And she, but that's not. And that was like her talos, if you will, for writing. But like, it was Southern Gothic. You right. know, it was like was people thinking. stealing each other's like legs, legs. <laughs> and stuff. Weird, weird stuff. Like that didn't seem religious at all. So I'm surprised. You know, my mom was like, I told her I have the Christianity Today editor looking at my book, and I was like, you know, I think maybe it's marketable to certain groups. It's obviously yeah. my writing is not 
exactly Christian, but it's it's not secular. No, it's not. And so I was like, I think it might be marketable. And she goes, oh, you're just limiting yourself. Nobody wants to read anything religious anymore. Like that's why Flannery O'Connor is out of style because everyone knows she's religious. And I was like, it's crazy. A lot of people are religious and they're not – I mean, and how true is that around in like? I think it's not true. Yeah, but be I, what do I know? I've like, yeah, I don't know either. I've but gone into my cocoon. I'm just not up to yeah, date I know, on the me culture. Either, but Although I am an advanced TikTok user now, it's true. You have learned some TikTok skills. Yeah. You might have to promote our um, podcast. Podcast. It's not on brand. I've been thinking about this. It doesn't fit with my novel really at all. Nope, doesn't. But that's okay. You're complex. Yeah, I guess. Well, um, after maybe. After it comes out, you can turn your TikTok skills to our podcast. It's true. If I get any following, you know, let's see. Um, and then there's a quote from Mark Twain. Wasn't that the epigraph? It was. And then she brings it into the... That's interesting. I've never seen an epigraph brought into the novel. Have you? I've never um, seen that. I feel like I've probably seen it before, but not that often. I have found out that there ain't no sure way to find out whether you like people or hate them than to travel with them. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Yeah. Well, actually, when I saw that was the epigraph, I was like, oh, Peter might end up liking this book. Why? Well, because you liked Mark Twain as a writer and just men- travel. No, it's not enough to just mention Mark Twain and Florida O'Connor. I do not like people just to mention them. No, sh- but don't you think it was pretty well written? Yeah, it was kind of interesting. That's how I started it. I know you did. But I'm just saying, I thought also that it, this was... A little bit too on the road. I, I, I get that, that for you, but... But she redeemed it at the end. But she's asking a lot of the reader. She's asking you to read two-thirds of the novel of an on-the-road... Well, no, because the middle... Constant so that's sex That's really only the, the first third. The middle is the first, wedding. No, first two-thirds. No, because the middle is the wedding. It shifts once he calls his brother and his brother shows up. They're not sleeping together anymore? Yes, they are. Okay, what's wrong with sleeping together? Well, I'm just saying it's vividly described, so it just seems like it's just a sex But it shifts from, I can see how you thought that. I did wonder about halfway through, like, is this really going to be a romance or is this just going to be getting busy all the time? Right. And, I mean, that's fine if it's going to be getting busy all the time. I don't mind that, but, like. I hope it's going to be more romantic because what are you going to say if it doesn't shift toward the romantic or the deeper meaning? Well, it's not. It didn't. Sh- it didn't really get that romantic. I mean, but it got to a deeper connection and yeah, like I guess something this is meaningful. the way romance can go for some people. I, I yeah. agree that this could be like a real story. So I think in some ways it was kind of romantic, although I don't know what to make of. Um. The fact that it wasn't built up to, I guess, sleep around until you find somebody you find a connection with. Is that the deeper meaning? Like, I mean, I don't know what what somebody is supposed to take from it other than either you get really lucky or you just sleep around enough until you find somebody that you feel have that instant connection with. I don't know if you have to take either of those things. Well, what takeaway is there romantically? I mean... If I if I'm reading this as somebody like I am, somebody trying to maybe it's that you you that finding a person any you know you can find a person even if you've built up that that's not who you are, but to be connected to someone you have to deal with all your messy emotional baggage or something. 
And it's not necessarily true. They did. You were a huge mess when you came into my life. But we had a slow buildup. That I'm talking about if you like. Well, that's what I'm saying. So it's not necessarily true. That's all I'm saying. No, but in this case, that I like was how what... you just don't even like. Correct. I wasn't me. a mess. I'm like a very even person, even keel, <laughs> just even keel. You know, calm. I'm even more than you are. Stoic sort, really. That's me. I'm very even keel. No, I don't think so. I'm you more think... even keel than you. Than me? Yeah. I don't know. I think so. Hmm. I mean, my sister sent me a reel, and it was like, I've never met two, like, sane sisters or something. One is always super laid back, and one has anger issues. Mm -hmm. And so I texted her back and was like, except for us. And she said, I don't know. You're pretty laid back, and I've got anger issues. (laughs) (laughs) See, I'm very laid back. I'm very, like... To everybody Easy. except for me. Yeah, exactly. So you find the person that you can, maybe that's it. You find the person that it's okay if they know how much of a mess you are. And like dealing with it matters, but maybe it's not even the dealing with it. It's that like, it's a person who can be with you even when you're a mess. Yeah, I think that's a good takeaway. This is one of my favorites, actually. It is. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I know you mm. think there was too much getting busy in the beginning, but. Well, I don't mind a little getting busy, so. I, I I don't mind it. I thought it was a good book. I don't know how much you're going to get it f- about get from it about romance. He showed up. He See, showed up. That's the most romantic move you can make. He showed up without her having to ask when she needed it and wanted it and he just quietly came back and said, hmm. "We need to be together." Hmm. That's persistence. Persistence. Not even persistence. Persistence is the It's not wait, even the persistence. Takeaway. Knowing that someone is that you love is, you know, she, he loved her. He let her go. Mm-hmm. And but, then when she needed it. But he didn't it, really let her go. He let her go in her mind. He never let he her go. He let her go enough that she, so that she could go do what she needed to do. Mm-hmm. But he didn't, yeah, you're right. He didn't really let her go. He let her have the space she needed. But right. then when he, when she needed him. He was there. Yeah. And that's romantic to me. That's mm-hmm. like pretty much the most romantic thing you can do. Mm-hmm. So I did. I really enjoyed the book. And and Kinda maybe like it doesn't me. have to be super romantic. I let you go, but not really. Please, I let you go. I stayed on the periphery. So I let you. Trying to, no, I think. Trying to reel you I back I think you in. have it backwards. You're I let like, you go. As Elaine said, you're like a, a timid squirrel eating out of my hand. And I didn't want to make any... Huge, possibly the most unromantic statement. I don't want to be a timid squirrel. Nothing romantic about that. A small animal. I don't want to make any big movements. I'm going to throw this pen at you. But we'll end with the idea that actually it was me who let you go, and then just kept reeling you back in slowly but surely. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So, what are we reading next week? Well, I don't. I really actually don't know. What should we read next week? I don't know. Want to read some erotica? <laughs> read long passages of our erotica. Oh, long passages. What is who we read? What is it? Anais Nin yeah. or something? I got that. That was a recommendation from someone for me that we should read it. Oh, good. But I wouldn't even know what who the books are. Who recommended that to you? I want to know who recommended that. My to you. boss. What? <laughs> yeah. What? 
God, it's so embarrassing. I'm not sure I'm going to be able to face her. Oh, please, whatever. It's just because it's like more literary. She said that to you? It's more literary. She actually said well, we that. Were talking- Independent, I was the one who said that to you. In one well, of, in in like the last week or the week before, I said that. No, this was in the discussion I had where they were giving me recommendations of novels to read. And she said on a Uh huh. But it's considered more literary, you know, more like highbrow than what we're reading. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Okay. But um, I mean, we could try, but I think we'd have to just own that it's going to be two weeks. We could read Anna Karenina. Hmm. But I think we'd have to give ourselves two weeks. It's super long and dense. Okay. But we could do that. I mean, my thought was, do we do that when we go on vacation? But Well, what we could do is we could read it, and wherever we are, just do a podcast, and then finish it, and then do another podcast. That's true. We can either just take, you know, either be two Where are we? Weeks. What are our thinking so far? What have we gotten out of yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, I don't remember being like, oh, this is so romantic. I remember it being sad, but, because I have read it before. But oh. it was a long time ago. Hmm. Um, so you want to do it? Give us. But just know that it's pretty long. I don't know that we're going to be able to finish it in a week. I don't That's think we fine. could even do it justice we'll, in a we'll week. Do it two weeks. Okay, two weeks. Anna Karenina. So okay. we go from a fun little romp through Ireland to sadness in Russia well, with Anna Karenina. It's part of the character of those Russians. All right. Yeah. All right, and it's a male author, so there you go. Oh, who's the author? Tolstoy. Tolstoy. I love Tolstoy. <laughs> okay. This He's is a written, gift to you then. What was the judge? Didn't he write the judge one? Isn't the, it called? Oh. Judge something? It's not just. It's his name. Whatever. The Ivan. Ivanovich. Something like Ivanovich, that. It's something yeah. like that. It's I names. That was a great one. So maybe it. you'll love Anna Karenina. Have you read Anna Karenina? I don't think I doubt so. You if I, I think I would remember. If I, I read it in a book club with like Divya and. M, like yeah. when we lived in Arlington. Okay. okay. All right. Anna next Karenina. week. 